Hello everyone and welcome back to episode two of season four of Bobble Pod. In this episode, we're going to be talking about using automation in an economic crisis. But as always, to begin with, don't forget to uh, like, follow and subscribe if you're listening to the podcast. And if you're on YouTube, hello YouTube, don't forget to click on the subscribe and the bell notification button to let you know when the next episodes are coming out. And they come out every week, every Tuesday. Um, and they will do throughout the whole year. On this episode, I would like to introduce Alan Pilkington, who is a partnerships manager. Thank you. Uh, yes, I'm a partnerships manager over at Total Processing. Um, and thank you for having me on on your podcast today. Me and Alan know each other for, for have known each other for a while. So um, it's not just because Alan works at, at all. He's a partnerships manager. He's on here. It's that Alan's had a lot of extensive experience, which I'll let him explain um, shortly within the world of automation. Um, but I thought it was a really, really key topic because I highlighted this at one of my one of my podcasts at the ends in terms of specifically the red ocean versus the blue ocean one, in terms of what could you do to get yourself out of that red ocean and put yourself into the blue ocean. And a lot of that comes with, you know, evolving research and development. But one key aspect is finding ways to automate processes to find and save time to innovate and do other things. Um, and as a business in any economic crisis, automation is key. But before we do that, tell us a bit about your experience within automation. Uh, well, it all started, I think, when I moved to Leeds 11, 12 years ago. I worked for uh, externally for Google for over six years. Um, and then I moved into Google Shopping Automation. Um, I was in there for about four and a half years. And it's just a crazy world how things have evolved, um, how, how algorithms, how APIs, how the machines are not necessarily taken over in a sense, but how they're driving revenue, driving businesses and saving people, not just money, but the core thing where everyone wants to save is time. Yeah, that automation in Google is crazy. When you go into the platform of Google Ads, automation is is what they're really trying to push, but it's frustrating because you're letting an AI bot take decisions and not always is it right. And it's all focused on driving more revenue into the platform without necessarily hitting the goals you want to achieve. So you can't just let Google and a salesperson just manage your ad account. It doesn't work like that. It does It does work with more broader, standardized, you know, I'd say company industries um, and market segments, but that's about it. Um, but for niche products with a niche or specific understanding of an audience, even mass audience, it's not as simple and easy as that. Um, I'd be happy to give an example where we had a client um, just doing um, skincare products. And despite everything we've done, we've realized sometimes it's the old methods that work better than the new methods. In the case of that, actually, they should be on a tele-sales, like shopping, a commercial TV element because it's a singular product. And Google needs a handful of products to optimize in the shopping as opposed to just one. So they were like, oh, we need to get self Google. It's like, it's not really going to work. You've not got, you've only got three products. But it depends on the client. So like, as you said, three products, three products is easy to man manage. But if you're talking about someone with thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of products, there's no way, not enough man hours in a day or a big enough team to manage that load. And don't forget Google only allowed from the Google shopping perspective, only 15% of your products are actually going to analyze and put inside their ecosystem. So what are you doing with the other 85%? That's the key thing. And I think that's a key education learner for people is that actually when you, when you set up what, what we now call performance max campaigns is you want to look at, well, what are the 
top products that are selling performing. And then what you want to do is exclude out all the products that aren't really performing within that ad set or asset group in this case. And then you want to create new asset groups and add in all the others. And then what you'll see is a percentage of those products perform quite well. And then you got to repeat the process again and again and again, especially if you've got tens of thousands of products. And that takes time and analysis to understand. And each of those products needs to be grouped or categorized because if you're like, let's say, a furniture company, you can't have an asset group where you've got lampshades selling extremely well, but then also dining tables are completely two different product segments and categories. So it is an art form. So tell us in layman terms for someone who's listening to this podcast, what is automation? What does it mean? Essentially means that you're just creating rules for a computer to, to spit out information. So the more information that you feed them, then obviously then the computer will take care of the rest in the background. And that just allows you then to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, but you should have, you know, keep an eye on it at the same time. Don't let it run away with itself. Give an example in the work that you've done so far where automation has been implemented in that business. So I'll just use Google Shopping again as an example. So we would plug into someone's merchant center where houses all the different, you know, different IDs, different information. And then we'll plug that into the Google ads as well. So that means then we can combine both elements of what you want to spend, who you want to spend it to, your geos, your targeting, and then to sit then the APIs and the algorithms in the background, they'll correlate all the information together and then they'll run what you suggested, but they'll do it at a much quicker pace. And why is automation so important for businesses right now? Well, we're in a, we're in a recession, economic crisis. People need to, as, as I like to coin, survive and thrive in an economic meltdown. Um, it's a case where businesses need to understand that there's not enough errors in the day to do what they're doing. And there's so many competitors in the market as well. During the last two and a half years alone in the UK, there's been over 165,000 brand new e-commerce stores built. So therefore every single sector imaginable, yeah, over 165,000 and growing probably more than that now, I'd probably say 200,000 plus. Um, that was like a staff from like six months ago. So please don't coin me on that just yet. Uh, <laughs> but it's a case where everything's changed and evolved so much that it's very hard to keep up. And even last quarter, so many people were gambling by spending extra money, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas, um, gambling on, on, on basically surviving, not just thriving, surviving, making it through to 2023. Yeah, what we found specifically in Q4, Q4 was a terrible year. And unfortunately, it all comes down to one incompetent prime minister we had, Liz Truss, uh, comes and like me using words like that. But the harsh reality is that in single-handedly, in a few days, she crippled our economy. Um, and it just goes to show that mistakes can't be afforded at that level, you know. And I always say, no matter no matter what the government does, businesses always find a way. Yeah, that's that's true, and that, and that's why people are just looking for that like next hook, that next niche, that next way of doing things a bit better, a bit more economical, as you said. So if you're a if you're a small business, say a million million plus pound a year annual turnover value, you got five people who run help run the business, but then you're like, okay, they're not getting enough information out. They're got they're not driving my business. What can I do to replace them? So if you're paying them twenty five thousand pounds a year, but there's a machine who can do stuff ten times quicker. At half the cost, what are you going to choose? Can I just say we're not an advocate of, of downsizing people? Uh, I think staff are very, very keen and important. <laughs> just better get that in there. But no, it makes sense. And 
as a business where costs have significantly increased on us, like we haven't increased our cost share with our clients, but we're coming to that tipping point where our, where pushes come to sub because in the office spaces we are, you know, our prices of, from our office people have, have increased without obviously enough notice, you know, um, suppliers we work with, everyone's prices have gone up. Obviously we want to pay more competitive salaries to help people with the cost of living crisis, et cetera. Everything just hits and it becomes a cost element. And then you, as a business, you do have to find ways in terms of, well, how can I streamline certain processes to maximize the hour input output I get from the team, which is where our Bubble Insights platform comes into. And I mentioned this uh, last year, and I'm not going to go into detail of it because it's for our clients. It's part of our USP element, and we're not here to sell or promote. But that Insights platform in terms of what we're doing and how we're doing things gives clear accountability of how much time should be spent on client by value, but make sure that there's different tiers so that actually clients aren't underserviced to service at our minimum requirement levels to optimize in accounts like Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera, but increasing some automation elements in place that we can have um, sense check and actually have accountability on it as well. So that actually time efficiency is key because in, in the world where, we're basically built for our time, essentially. Um, not just our time, our experience and the value we bring and the ability that we can do things quicker and faster and more efficiently and deliver results quicker is all gets packaged done without actually you finding that balance between time and experience in terms of what people are buying for and how do you package that. But you want to make sure that you can scale up as well. And, and in the current situation, I've highlighted a number of times before on the podcast is that actually recruitment is that biggest challenge. So whilst we can't recruit, what we can do is bring new talent in through grad schemes and elements like that, which we've launched. And we've had a new grad join us in January alone, which is fantastic. We've got the processes through automation in place to show them how the Insights platform works to train them so that actually we can scale at size now. 2023, which allows us now, as I talked in our previous podcast, is actually open up a virtual office in Dubai, which will be announced in the coming months. So yeah, very, very important. The next question I have for you is, is, like, is what's the cost of this? In, in, a, in a crisis, can businesses afford to implement elements like this? Is there like a cost benefit analysis that businesses need to do? It really depends what you're after. Uh, there's so many different things, like obviously different things going on social media, on Google, multiple other platforms. What you have to do is weigh up what you're losing versus what you can make. So for example, if you're a business that does like, I know, £100,000 and spend, I'll use Google Shopping again as an example. And then if you can actually work out, okay, that 100000 50 grand of that a month is doing nothing. It's sitting there. It's actually losing me money then that's money that you can reduce from that side if you get some automation in whilst using the money that's been burnt to actually then bring in more staff members. So you can actually increase staff capacity, keep staff retention, because when people are coming to poach your staff and stuff as well, I'm sorry to talk about the, the, the human side as well, apologies, but it's, it's important to understand. It's just as important. It's important side. to understand that the, it's the people that drive the business, not the automation. Remember that. The automation is there to help drive the business, but it's the people that are going to guide the automation, if that makes sense, by creating the rules and the logic behind it. Okay. But from a cost saving exercise, yes, I think automation is great. But remember, there's also a lot of other people out there that are claiming their automation is fantastic when indeed it's actually not doing a great job. So be very, very careful and mindful when you're choosing a particular service. 
I, I guess that's a great point because yeah, you, you can say you're using automation, it's using the right place. And that's where staff are key because I come back to the insights platform, the breakdown obviously was led by me, but then we needed insights from the team in terms of, well, well actually on these elements, what's missing? You guys know you're in it. What are the basic elements we need to cover off? So it was, you know, it was driven by the team. It was driven by a human element. What are the key pain points that you find within automation? Uh, it can be very hit and miss. Again, it depends on the business because there's not one automation that, that suits all sectors and suits all business models, and especially with the spend side of things. So if you're a small business and you're spending, uh, I don't know, on your, on your paid social or your paid media, £1,000 a month, probably not for you. But if you're a massive business spending 50 grand, 100 grand, a million pounds, in some cases I've seen recently, a week on your, uh, on your, on your ad spend, then yes, it's something you should deep dive into. But I wouldn't just pick one person on recommendation. I'd probably get uh, deep dives or audits or insights from a multitude of different companies and then make a commercial decision that way. Automation makes sense when you're at a much larger business scale as a business, but it is a pain point when you're a, an SME. And, and what the feedback we get is that our listeners and, and, and people that engage with our podcast tend to be, you know, smaller businesses. Yeah. So what can they do? From, I'm going to veer away from the Google side of things. I'm actually going to say from a smaller business perspective, it's about, it's about time. Okay. So if you're, for example, doing some outreach, you want to get some new leads, generate some new business, I'd probably go down the route of email automation. So you got things like HubSpot, you got other email companies out there that are quite cheap. Uh, in a sense, not that they're cheap in a sense where they're not good at what they do, but they'll, they'll help you drive your business. So that allows you then to send out a whole host of different emails to engage with different clients, send in different content, set scheduling at different times. And that allows us then to then help drive that SMB business and generate more leads, which will help the business grow. What can businesses do now then? If you're a small business, what should you focus your attention on when it comes to automation within your business, considering we are in an economical crisis? Well, the first thing that springs to mind to me to not to be too expensive is probably email marketing. So you got tools out there like HubSpot and other bits and pieces where you can... But HubSpot's expensive. I know there's a free version of it. It can be expensive. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's if you're going like, that's if you're going to go down to the enterprise level and stuff. But initially for the free stuff, like I said, it's, it, it, it depends on how many people you're going after. I don't think it's that expensive initially. You've got HubSpot, you've got Apollo. .io, which is also very good to, to get to get numbers, to get emails, but also the sequencing on there as well. And that's actually not, not expensive. I think it's like $20 a month initially. So it's not expensive. But the point I'm trying to make is that if you're a small team and a small business, very, very hard to do 100,000 things at once during a year, whether it be calls or emails or whatever, this is a good way to automate it, to get a clear, concise message, marketing message across, send in some content out, you can schedule it. There's so many different things you can do with it, but it's a massive benefit to a small business trying to grow, in my opinion. So I've been there and done it quite a few times over the last few years. Yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, I can't make any more further comments on that and that sentiment is, is the best way to uh, explain it is like if you are a business look up things that you can begin to automate and take off your take off your own plate we do that ourselves with our own business development we have our own crm system we have we use platform black force 24 uh, to automate our email elements we have the exhibition when we go out and do exhibitions we probably will speak to 34 people where we get the contact list but 700 odd people might attend and we then get an email database of that afterwards and there's 12 events in a year so that's around about an email list of three four thousand people a year 
that we can follow up with? How do we manage that? What do we do with that? How exactly. do we follow up with that? How do we get people food to that system? Because a lot of time and effort then needs to go into the exhibition, setting it up, making sure we have the right equipment there, making sure we've got a clear focus. Sometimes I'll talk at that exhibition, etc. So it's like, where do you want your time to go? Do you want your time to go on minutes and hours spent sending individual emails? And we will do that for the people that we directly converse with at the event. So those 30, 40 emails, yes, we do send a personalized element because we'll make notes. And that's what differentiates us out when we're at an exhibition or an event. But the rest is all automated because some of the people that we didn't get to talk to or they might have taken our, you know, uh, leaflet and decided to contact us as opposed to us contact them you want to get it all out there and you want to continue with that and drive them down a journey but then it comes down to content strategy like oh how are you going to get them through that funnel how, what are you going to give them what pain points are you going to hit to hit with them and what really worked for us at the last event was talking about you know um then to we t- i did talk about um mark digital marketing and recession forget survival learn how to thrive and 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 that's what people want to learn. It's like, well, what can I do now? And this is the whole point of it. Automation in an economical crisis is going to help you as a business trim down that fat, essentially, where it's costing you too much and resources going elsewhere where you can repurpose that resource. So you don't have to hire more. You can't think I can't afford to hire more. Well, look at automation in elements like that. Just quickly as we finish, any quick tips for the listeners that you tell them to take away? Uh, a couple of things. A, be mindful of who you work with because there is a lot of cowboys out there. Apologies, yeah. but there is. Uh, that will literally ruin your business. So don't sign long-term contracts. Get some proof. Get some social proof. And then with the email side of things, make it sound as human as possible because people can spot uh, any email campaigns miles away. Maybe put in some spelling mistakes. It makes it look more human. Uh, and the last thing is don't, don't data dump. Don't give them a massive long email introduction. Do a thing called SAGE, S-A-G-E, short, actionable, goal-orientated, easy. So just keep it nice, clear, concise, professional as, as you can, but have that human element inside it. Don't sound like a robot if you're sending out like a sequence of emails. Okay, I think that's really, really good advice. And and my tip for anyone listening on automation is look at areas in the business where you feel like a team or department, um, you're struggling to hire in that department because you need more revenue to come from that specific department. Look at how thing, how elements that you could automate and introduce automation into that department so that time is freed up from your team to allow you to do other things and then continue to scale and keep those profitability margins. Um, I want to thank Alan for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you for joining us. And coming thank you so for having me. Morning. Appreciate it. I hope this um, has been informative. And um, just quickly, do you want I know you're working for Total Processing. Do you want to quickly say quick, something quickly about them? Yeah, Total Processing, we're just a one and all solution, kind of like a payment solution in the fintech world. So Anyone out there, doesn't matter if you're high risk, low risk, if you're if you're looking for a payment solution, reach out, give me a shout and let's see what we can do to support you. Probably something relevant. If you're a big e-commerce company and you're spending a lot of money on transaction fees and you want to look at making spendings and savings on elements like that, which could be contributed towards marketing spends, 
definitely something to reach out to. And um, we will make sure that Alan's details are shared out for that if anyone is interested. So thank you again for joining us, Alan. Thank you again for everyone who's been listening to this podcast. I can't wait to catch you on next week's episode, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, and we have another guest coming up. This time it will be Adam Oldfield from Force 24. Um, a very interesting talk about, again, AI and automation as well. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and please do give us your feedback. If you're on social media, don't forget to use the app Bobble Digital and don't forget to use our hashtags, hashtag Mr. Bobble, hashtag Ask Bobble, and hashtag Bobble Pod. Um, and we will get back to your questions and it helps us dictate the types of topics and what you want to hear and the elements you want to focus on. So if there's a specific topic you want to hear about, reach out. You can reach out on our website, www.bobblepod.co.uk. Thank you for listening.